0: Welcome everybody to our fourth episode of the Young Life Podcast. We're glad you're with us. Uh, my name is Scott. I'm the Young Life Pastor here at Maple View, and uh, why don't you guys introduce yourself? Ben, go for it.
1: I'm Ben. Uh, I go to Tyndale, study biblical theology, and I love playing bass. This nice. Is the,
0: this is the Ben we've been talking about, people.
1: <laughs> anyway, go Elliot. Why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, my
2: name's Elliot. Uh, I host the Open Conscious podcast that comes out every Tuesday, 10 a.m. I'm also uh, a uh, French study student at, uh, at York University. And so last year, almost done.
3: Woo hoo!
0: That's awesome. And last but not least.
3: And I'm Jordan, and I have no qualifications to get me to where I am right now. but <laughs> nice. um, I love Jesus and the young life. So I guess there that's you why go. I'm here. That's all you need. Well, thanks everybody
0: for joining us. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere you want to be. And, you know, sma- uh, uh, like. Subscribe and smash that like button. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell if you'd like to be notified. There you go. I was like, oh, what a- there you "That's go. what
2: all YouTube." Scott's are. becoming a real YouTuber I'm like, here. That's the- <laughs> Not when you goof it as
0: hard as I did. <laughs> well, again, welcome to our fourth episode. We're glad you're with us, and tonight uh, we're talking about uh, worship and kind of this move to online worship and what that kind of looks like. Uh, But shout out to everybody on YouTube who's chatting along with us in the live chat. We're glad you're here. Uh, To kick things off, we want to talk about our question of the week from last week. We asked, uh, what are you looking forward to in 2021 and what are you thankful for? SJ kind of gave us a really practical tip. uh, Develop an attitude of gratitude in our life and start to be thankful. And so we went through a few of those. We had Reed reared in and he's looking forward to being back in person and being uh, able to hang out with everybody. I think that is everybody. I am, I am there. Like I'm, I'm totally (laughs) there. Uh, The other one Stephen had that was really good was the Mandarin. That is something I'm looking forward to and something I'm thankful for. Are you guys Mandarin (laughs) people? Are you buffet people? I I like buffets, but not
3: the Mandarin. I haven't
0: gotten the
2: Mandarin in like two years.
3: What? What's your?
0: What's the? What's the deal with why you like the Mandarin?
2: I don't. (laughs) don't not like it. I don't know. I leave that to George. It's so good.
3: the marketplace or Do whatever not.
0: tucker's
2: no. is that what you to say
3: no no oh, no the one like goodness. right it's kind of by the church it's called like the market oh like, it's like a local place okay. yeah like it's right around the corner from the church i had to
0: explain the my mandarin's overre- better i had to explain my overreaction mm. there well, is this place tuckers? in burlington hamilton when i lived there and it was called tucker's marketplace and the people from burlington hamilton loved it and it is terrible. It is like the <laughs> worst. It's the worst buffet. It was gross. There's a ripoff. It was terrible. Anyway, yeah, Mandarin's unreal. Uh, okay, well, what what's the restaurant you are looking forward to going to then when you come out of lockdown? If you can go anywhere, you're going to go oh. with a group of friends, any restaurant. Maybe you're not a buffet person. What is the one place you're going to go when you can go wherever and to actually sit down?
3: I feel like Elliot will hate this, but... All you can eat sushi. That's the first place Caleb and I are going. So,
1: listen, go why out. are you paying for uncooked food? No, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's cute. even, I, I like the cucumber
0: ones. So, I feel like that's even worse. Oh. I like
3: the cucumber avocado. Mm. Yeah. And
1: it's more like a vehicle to
0: get soya sauce into my body than I think I actually like sushi.
1: <laughs> ben, what about you? Where are you going to go? One of my favorite places is downtown. It's called Chapaya. It has like Thai food, and it is real good. That's oh, good to know. Actually, like
3: downtown Toronto or Barrie?
1: No, 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 downtown Barry. It's like it's like a <laughs> hole in the wall. Like the the decor is really weird. You feel like you're walking <laughs> into someone's living room. That's how you know it's be good. But the food is incredible.
0: Yeah. Okay. I've been a little. This is good to know. I've been a little disappointed in the Thai food in Barry. I'm not gonna lie. The other place that Carlos Small told me about, is a place called uh, it's called a Thai Kitchen. Have you guys ever heard of that place either? I'll have to check that out. What's it called, Ben?
1: Uh, this place is called Chapaya, and Mango Tree is also real good, too. It's off Maple View. You
2: heard it here first. Elliot, what about you? Where are you going to go? Uh, I, I couldn't think of anything, and then Ben mentioned Downtown Barrie, and there's, like, there's always one place I go to. That's Donnelly's. Donnelly's oh, got yeah. back and cheese. Yeah, they oh, got
0: the Irish Everest nachos. Oh,
2: yeah. so good.
0: Those I'm, are I'm, I'm good. excited for that. Well, I, I mean, think I'm going to die, there. but they're, they're really good. Yeah. Uh, a place my and I like to go, actually a place I'm going with my family. Pretty much my entire life is a place downtown in Toronto called Duff's famous wings. Oh, they're so good. And then beside it's Hollywood gelato. And that is exactly <laughs> what I'm craving. That
3: sounds like the perfect date night.
0: Yeah. Jeez. And now I'm, <laughs> I'm super hungry after talking about it but tonight. We're talking about worship and you know, it's been a big shift to online worship and you know, there might be some hesitation. I think speaking translates pretty well. Cause like there's podcasts and tech talks and like all that kind of stuff. And the argument could be made for what well, we stream music all the time, but I worship so much different. Like worship is like, you're not just listening to it. You're, you're trying to engage with it in like a worshipful way. And that can be really challenging, especially if you're in your pajamas on your couch on a Sunday morning <laughs> and you're used to like, the hand raiser, you know what I mean? It can be a different experience. Have you guys adjusted well to online exclusive worship or is it kind of, Ben, you're nodding your head. What, what do you think?
1: I just, there's, there's something to be said about actually being together in worship. Uh, and I find I will go to like a track on Spotify before I go to like a live church worship service. Really? And i i was thinking about this earlier i think it's because it almost feels forced like like they're oh. they're like trying to force some like spirituality like a, a <laughs> sense of worship like on, through like the on a live stream, stream. <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe that's just me maybe i'm whack no. but that's how i feel and so it kind of just sets me off i'm like yeah no nah.
0: he's like i need some carrie Job. i need some- <laughs> that's that's his go-to what about you guys jordan and Elliot? Have you guys made the shift the big jump
3: um yes because i've had to there's been yeah. no other <laughs> choice um but i get what ben's saying because it like god commands us to be in community and although right now with the t- pandemic we're doing so well it with being community online there's still something about communal worship w- surrounded by other people versus like sitting in your living room and i think the only way that we can change that is just by changing our posture so to be honest like i hate live stream worship but she if read i did my like,
0: message already what is this shit?
2: i
3: actually I swear i did <laughs> but like but for Thanks me for watching, guys. Like, you have to align yourself first so i still totally. suck at it though i still suck like most sundays i don't really engage very <laughs> yeah. well to be the confession
0: like, most i think we should we should posture I'm not gonna do it, but I think that that's what we should.
3: <laughs> no, I'm trying to do It's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm
2: just kidding. Ellie, what about you? yeah, i'm in the I'm in the same boat as as Ben. I think it's mad awkward.
0: <laughs> it's it, definitely it, an adjustment.
2: Yeah. I, I think I, I I'm in the same boat where I would rather I find myself going to like my church playlist of things that I would rather listen to than like turning on the live stream and just seeing people. And I don't know if that's like a bad thing per se. I just find it that I think that before the lockdown and before we had the, the online video stuff, that was kind of our fallback, especially when we wanted to worship one-on-one. So I think yeah. that's a more natural response to, to mm. doing that. So I guess it, it takes some adjustment, but for me personally, I think I'll it'll always still fall back onto the, the, uh, the worship music I know, or excuse me, that I know um, it actually impacts me in some type of way. So, yeah,
0: I get, I get what you mean. Like there's something to adjusting to, it's just different. You know, it it is different. Like, and and we sit down with Josh today, Josh can is our worship pastor at Maple view and kind of talk through, you know, this isn't really the first moment that the church has had their regular uh, scheduled event kind of hijacked and had to go on hiatus a little bit. And so we kind of look back through church history and and how the church has done it before, or even places around the world where people aren't able to worship. And what have they done to uh, still bring the spirit of worship and an authentic worship experience to uh, their homes? And what can we steal from them and take the best of what they have and bring to us? But before we get too into it, uh, I want to play a quick little game. We're going to play a quiz. And maybe you've played this game if you've been in youth group. I feel like this is a very youth group game, but I'm I'm all in because I think it's hilarious. Uh, This is going to be love song or worship song. So I have eight song (laughs) lyrics that I've selected. And I'm going to read them out and you guys are going to see. uh, We'll just see how well you do. Okay. You ready? Number one. All right. uh, I think I love you, but I want to know for sure. Come on. Hold me tight. I love you. Love song or worship song?
1: Go. Oh, frig. (laughs) I feel feel like it's a love song. I Total shot in the dark. I'm going love song. I'm with Ben. I think that's a love song. (laughs) T.C.?
3: I have no idea what song that is. So <laughs> I'm going to go love song as well.
1: That is
0: a love song. That's wild thing by the togs. Like, you know, the wild thing. Oh, do, 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 do. It's that song. Yeah, I don't even you got, know if I oh. know that song. Oh, you've been living under a shell. Who knows? You uh, just got okay, demonetized. Number, <laughs> number two. Yeah, true. Uh, capture my heart again. Your love is extra- extravagant. Your friendship, it is intimate. Love song or worship song? reading these makes me feel uncomfortable so i hope everybody else at home is feeling the same way uh love song or worship song i'll sing it again i won't sing it i'll say it again (laughs) capture my heart again your love is extravagant your friendship it is intimate love song or worship song
3: i think that's a worship i
1: think that's a worship one benny yeah the only part that's throwing me off is the the friendship friendship that's what it is (laughs) but i'm going worship yeah man that's worship that's casting crowns your oh it's
0: extravagant available on spotify and apple music wherever you are okay number three as i feel your touch you bring freedom to all that is within as i feel your touch oh. you bring freedom
1: to all that is within My i'm the pervy but i'm going worship
3: <laughs> <laughs> i like how he prefaces it with that sound yeah. pervy <laughs> okay
0: go worship or oh, love he, song? I, he says love your love. he says worship ben says worship just one for one fun second? yeah say it one more time ah you would like to hear it again I can, <laughs> yes i can recite it as i feel your touch you bring a freedom to me
2: that's within oh that could all right just for fun i'll, I'll say love song
3: <laughs> okay what about you Tz? Uh, i'll go love song
2: La-
0: that is a worship song that's a song what? called pour <laughs> out song? my heart by vineyard worship whoever huh. Um, I don't know get who that sense. is. <laughs> okay, let's go. The, yeah, let's go the next one. Oh, you'll know this one. A sloppy wet kiss and my heart turns violently inside of my it's chest.
1: Unforeseen. It's, it's unforeseen. <laughs> it's it's not, no this, this,
0: is, this, this is a worship song. This is like the OG... <laughs> controversial
2: worship <laughs> kissy song i don't know how to call it that <laughs> do you okay. do you say sloppy wet kiss when you sing this sat yeah
0: i'm a sloppy wet
2: Can oh yeah
3: i'm sloppy wet too but also i think that either way is kind of weird
0: would you rather have so. a sloppy wet kiss or a kiss you didn't see coming i'd rather have a sloppy wet kiss rather than unforeseen kiss and i will leave it at that okay number <laughs> five uh, <laughs> lay back against you and i breathe hear your heartbeat this love oh, is that so I deep It's more than I can stand. The more I seek you, Carrie Jo. Carrie (laughs) (laughs) Jo. Shout out to Steven Parsons. If she ever becomes available again, Steven is lined up, ready to go. Carrie, (laughs) if you're hearing this, you're doing a lot better now than you do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now number six. I can feel you breathe. It's washing over me and suddenly I'm melting into you. Oh, no.
1: Worship song or love song? Does anyone does anyone else appreciate his hand gestures you gotta you gotta gotta sell it it
2: you gotta sell it a little bit worship song or love song Uh, i want to say love song just because we haven't seen a a love song in a while (laughs) by by statistics alone it has to be a love song
0: (laughs) ben your love song oh worship! it is a Um, love song breathed by faith hill Circa probably in the 90s somewhere. Okay, number seven. <laughs> my first, my last, my everything, and the answer to all my dreams. <laughs> love song or worship song? It, it could oh, literally be either. Yeah. <laughs> Go pick one. Pick one. First one that comes to your brain, just instinctually. Is that a love
2: I, song or a worship song? That sounds like a love song
1: to me, Ben. I'm going to go love song,
0: Jordan. You your love song too. Yep. That is Barry white's my first, my last, my everything. And that is a love song. Everybody. There we go. And last, but certainly not least your, your voice is warm and tender. A love. I could not forsake your voice is warm and tender. A love. I could not
3: forsake. I feel like it's worship because no normal person says the word (laughs) forsake. Yeah, (laughs) right, right. That's
0: what I thought. But this is by Jennifer Rush. It's a song called "The Power of Your Love." It is a love song, everybody. Oh, here, crazy. (laughs) Look, I think we can all acknowledge that it's too close like regardless of how well you did the fact that you can't just go oh that's definitely a worship song i think we need to bring some hymns back for a while so everybody can cool down
2: except the sloppy lyrics. wet kiss we know that yeah no one hey, sl-
0: here i that. defend sloppy wet kiss it's it's it's, <laughs> it's i love john mark mcmillan everybody else needs to get their act together carrie joe what are you writing but <laughs> sloppy wet. hangers all the way true well tonight again we have uh I have Joshy Poshy in my notes, but his name is Josh Cannell, our worship pastor. Uh, We're really excited for him to join us as we talk about all things worship tonight. And we'll be back with you in a second while you check out our Young Life download and Pastor Josh coming up right now. Well, tonight we want to take a few moments to talk about worship and kind of the differences and changes of how we experience worship here in 2021. You know, moving to online, I think we've got to recognize that things are Different. It's a different experience. In fact, we get lots of feedback that, you know, people are missing and they long for that being able to be together, singing together in worship. It's one of the reasons this past fall we really wanted to be intentional about making sure that we could have Young Life in person. You can't really replace that atmosphere and experience. You know, when it comes to teaching, it can be a little bit easier to digest online. You know, there's audiobooks and podcasts and lots of things where we experience someone teaching or communicating through a screen like we're doing right now. But When it comes to worship, it's different than Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube. It really comes down to uh, this participation. It's not just taking it in and listening to it, but it's actually engaging and posturing our life to exalt and give praise to God. And you know what? I think we have to uh, accept and recognize that this experience is different. And so with that can come some growing pains. Maybe you're muttering the words along as they come up on a Sunday morning and you're kind of, maybe you're singing it loud and proud on Sunday mornings normally, but maybe it feels a little different or, or you're feeling maybe a little disconnected watching on a screen when you're sitting on your couch, whatever it might be. The question begs if it's so different and it can make us feel disconnected and it can be a little janky at times if we're not quite used to it, why even do it at all? Why do we still focus so much of our attention and time to making sure that we have moments of worship, even online on a Sunday morning? And you know, quite simply, the answer is this. Our worship, despite the circumstance or how it might make us feel, is really not about us at all. Don't get me wrong. There are incredible personal moments and experiences that we can personally have in worship. They benefit us to experience the presence of God in that corporate setting. It's so good. Sing Waymaker one more time, whatever it might be. You know, it, we do get a personal benefit. It is an experience that is, that we can crave and long for, but it's not the reason that we do it. It's not the reason that worship is so important in and through our lives. And you know what? Many of us tonight go, yeah, of course, I know my worship is not about me, And yet, when we have scenarios like we're in now where maybe there's a few barriers to entry, we want to see that manifested. What we know in our head, we want to see expressed through our heart and through our behavior. You know, our worship is to be selfless. It's to be Christ-focused. And, you know, there's this cool moment where Jesus is talking to a woman at the well, and she's a Samaritan woman. And the Jews, who Jesus was, and the Samaritan woman, the Samaritan's a different culture of the day, you know, they had these two opposing opinions on how God was to be worship the jews said well the best place and the most proper place to worship is in jerusalem in the temple and of course it's a very significant place and and the samaritan said well there's this mountain uh, Gerizim, where god is supposed to be praised and that's what we think and you know jesus clarifies here in john 4 21, 23 and 24 and i think this is perfect for the situation we find ourselves in he says believe me dear woman the time has come is coming when there will no longer matter where you worship, whether it's on this mountain or in Jerusalem. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, where true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. It says, The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. For God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. I I think this is an important passage when it comes to maybe our present circumstance and how we feel or where we feel is the most appropriate place to be worshiping or where it's the best. You know, kind of like the situation they find themselves in that day, we have these two opposing opinions. You know, I think we have that a little bit today. We should be in person worshiping. That's the best way. No, we should be online worshiping. It's different, but maybe that's the best way. And you know, regardless of Uh, opinion or position of all that things, Jesus clarifies in this moment. He goes, you know what? Those are secondary. You know what's primary? That we are genuine, authentic, that we worship in spirit and truth. More than where we are, it comes down to the posture of our lives and how we choose to worship despite the circumstances, despite the location, despite the preferences, and what we think is the best thing. Jesus goes, the most primary thing Is our posture and our willingness to engage. You know our worship is about praising, it's about glorifying, it's about exalting, it's about recognizing God's place and by that nature recognizing our place. That He is Lord of all and we are secondary to Him. And you know the byproduct of worship like that comes this realigning, uh, this repositioning and a reposturing of our life. That's what I love about moments of worship. It kind of recalibrates me to understanding my position and God's position in my life. You know, I used to have this old car, Ford Fusion, Friend of the Fusion, my first car actually, I loved it, loved that car. And I got into a pretty bad accident with it and my dad fixed it for me. But the problem is, the frame never was quite aligned properly to the way it was designed. And so every year I would have to change the rotors and the brakes on the car because I wasn't willing to get rid of it because I loved it so much, but it was misaligned. And so there'd be grinding and warping and, and all the noises your car aren't supposed to make. Mine would do about once a year. And so I was always having to repair it and fix it every December. It was a great Christmas present to myself. And you know, Our hearts operate a lot the same way as a misaligned car. You know, these small misalignments, they seem like not that big of a deal in a small moment, but as they persist, they leave us in need of constant repair. They leave us in need to constantly be updating and working on it. And you know, when we can come to the place of being aligned, realigned, repositioned as we engage in worship, as we participate in worship, God does those small tweaks along the way if we will let him. You know the byproduct of our genuine heartfelt authentic moments of worship it's alignment it's alignment and worship is not confined to a place or a building or a community or a preference but our worship will be confined by the posture of our heart and our willingness to push ourselves beyond our comfort zone especially in moments like we find ourselves today where things are just completely different the atmosphere is not there the experience that we're used to having is not there and yet God is still worthy to be praised. You know, I get it. New experience, new method, new challenges. You know, we always joke with Josh playing the pad where the Nord is, the Lord is. I get it. Those are things that help us enter in and they help us participate in worship. But even if we don't have those things, God is still worthy to be praised. And I think a big part of this season we find ourselves in as young adults and and people who are shaping and molding our own life. Like I wanna remind us that You know what? Our discipleship is our decision. It's our responsibility at this point. And you know, whether we worship or whether we engage is completely up to us. Your discipleship is your own. We can choose that despite uh, the circumstance, despite our preference, we will engage and want to be realigned by him. You know, one of the challenges of this season of life is you don't have your parents over your shoulder being like, hey, you should probably do this. Now it's very much, okay, I as my own person, in my own faith, in my own relationship with Jesus, I'm going to choose to worship and follow him. It makes me think of King David in Psalms in 2 Samuel 6. <clears throat> and there's this moment where David returns the presence of God back to Jerusalem, through the Ark of the Covenant, and he is ecstatic. He's overjoyed. He's going crazy, and he's dancing around. He actually, he's screaming and carrying on. He disrobes all the royal garbs to just this meek, humble presentation of himself, and he cannot stop worshiping God to the point that Ashley draws criticism. His wife goes, this is not how a king should behave. You should not be exposing this, this image of yourself that is just so Common and this is what David said. he goes, "I celebrate before the Lord, and I will become even more undignified than this. I will be humiliated in my own eyes. And you know sometimes the process of putting ourselves out there and going beyond our comfort zone, it can feel a little undignified or humiliating. It can feel like it's uncomfortable or awkward. are people watching me? are they criticizing me? Kind of maybe like David was and yet. Our worship is to be a response to God's goodness, his faithfulness, his presence. And like David, it might take us going beyond the social norm and what we're comfortable with to really give it our all when we worship God. You know, his response in worship was not inhibited by the opinion of other people. In fact, David chose to worship in spite of where he found himself. That while there are people going, David, are you sure you want to be presenting yourself in this way, he went, you know what? I need to worship. The presence of God is here. I need to be close to it. I'm just going to respond. And you know, maybe that's a position we need to take. A mentor in my life always used to say this, Scott, it's hard to steer a parked car and it's true, when we choose to not engage, it's hard to find our way to how to best engage. And so, what do we try? What do we push ourselves? What do we put ourselves out there? What do we take a step? Would we try something new? You know, if you're with your spouse, with your family, why don't you go, hey, uh, it might be uncomfortable, why don't we sing this together? You know, let's let's really give it our all and sing this together and participate. A few weeks ago, we or a few months ago at this point, we we're in a staff day away, and Pastor Jay had us singing choruses and songs and hymns together, no instruments, no music, just our voices, just the staff in a moment of worship. And to be honest with you, at first it was pretty uncomfortable. Like it was it took an adjustment, but As the morning progressed and as we got more comfortable and were willing to be more undignified than maybe we thought we were when we started and be humbled, we found these powerful, meaningful moments of worship in that place. And so here's my challenge to you as we're talking about worship today. Would you choose to engage despite our circumstance? Would we choose to respond, to give God all the praise that he is worthy of, to worship him with all of our being? Because when we do, We not only bless and honor him, he realigns our lives. And you know what? We're going to be back worshiping together. It's going to be amazing. But until then, don't miss out on the real powerful presence of Jesus in and through your life, even where you sit right now. Well, I'm thankful to have Pastor Josh with us. He's going to be sharing on worship and talking about ways that the early church and the church throughout history has kind of had a chance to engage in worship in situations we find ourselves like now, where maybe it wasn't so easy to gather together. Why don't you check it out right now? Pastor Josh. I'll cut it. Well, welcome everybody. Uh, And Josh, thanks for joining us. You might recognize Josh uh, from Mapleview Church here if you are an attender of Mapleview. We wanted to have Josh on to talk about worship and really this transition and this new experience of going from like this corporate body of worship where we are in the building and the music's great and it's this communal thing like that. I love that feeling of being in the body of worship to now we're kind of maybe you're sitting on your couch or you're standing in your living room and you're watching worship and sometimes that barrier to entry to engage. Uh,
4: But Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You can introduce yourself, buddy old pal. Well, thanks, Scott. I am Josh Canell. As he said, I am uh, the worship pastor at Maple View Community Church. I'm privileged and honored to to hold that position. And it's just so awesome because I get to learn from everybody that I get to pastor and pray for. And, uh, I've learned a lot about worship and continue to learn. I'm no expert by any means. Uh, Scott did ask me. Wait, wait, wait! What? You're you're not an expert? No, not at all. Next Next guest. Next guest. Let's get. He did ask me to mention my education. I wasn't going to say anything, but (laughs) I do. uh, I do have a few degrees. Uh, A relevant one here is I have a master's of theological studies. Now, before you think, "Hey, this guy should know everything about theology," think again. I do not. What ends up happening is that you ask tons of questions and you have answers to like none of them. So that's basically what it means to have a master's in theological studies. I understand sort of how to study theology, but uh, yeah.
0: That's hilarious. It is true. The deeper down the theology rabbit hole you go, the more it kind of gives, opens your eyes to you. I have a lot more questions than I started with, but now I just have this piece of paper to certify that I have more questions than you do. (laughs) It's true. It's great. (laughs) It's awesome. Well, he's underselling himself. Josh is brilliant and I get the privilege of having, I guess they're called like water cooler conversations all the time. Actually, there is a water cooler. So that's literally. There literally is. Yeah. Uh, at the office and, and as repairing messages and, and uh, there's always been really good conversations. We always joke that we should probably record a few of them because we like them so much. So Josh, maybe this is the budding of our newfound uh, coming podcast. They're we want to call colorful. it. I don't want to spoil it well it, it might come anyway you
4: know what, but, you know what? that's interesting yeah uh,
0: that's interesting there that's a good plug well tonight we're talking about worship and uh we just want to talk about what what our experience has been and, and maybe talk through church history kind of look back a little bit so we can look forward not that history always gives us an answer it's not like every time we look back that we find the solution but we do find perspective and i think that is really helpful in navigating uh our current circumstances is having good perspective, kind of like what SJ actually talked about last week. Uh, and you know, a lot of us are missing that corporate worship experience. Why, Josh? What is it in us that that misses
4: that experience? Well, I think that's a great question. A lot of us, including myself, I mean, we uh, we record worship up upstairs in our building. We have the privilege of doing that, uh, and it's just a few of us in the room, and we talk about that how it feels different because we don't have. I mean, the people of God immediately with us in person. So that yeah. is a huge deal. That's, that's one of the reasons that I think it feels so different is that all of our lives as Christians, we've been used to the privilege of meeting together. Yeah, and totally. That has not always been the case with the Christian faith. Uh, I'm not sure if you want to dive into the history now, but I think it feels so different just mainly because we're used to it. It has been our medium. It has been our mode to worship in person with a whole bunch of people For as long as we've been alive and well well before us so it's foreign to us to have that taken away
0: yeah and 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 a lot of that has been a blessing like it's such a good thing like i i I don't want to messy to say like oh it's better it's it's definitely better like it is the ideal situation to be able to be worshiping with the body I, i think i had a bible college professor explain this to me and i've never forgot it he was like it's like this snapshot of what heaven's gonna look like and I think that's what's so captivating about worshiping together. It's yeah. it's almost like this parallel moment with heaven, as that as they're worshiping, we're worshiping. And I think that presence and that experience that we can um, we can long for, you know, that that experience of worship. I think a lot of that comes from the the parallel to what's happening in heaven and what's happening here. I don't think Absolutely. that's that's not. A coincidence you know it's That's such right. a spiritual act but you know this isn't the first time that uh, the church has been inhibited or that believers have have had to change up how they worship and how they express their worship and how they engage from worship and Josh what are some of the things that the church has done in the past to give us some perspective on maybe what we could do going forward
4: mm mm-hmm. uh, first off I think this is an important question because we are a historic faith we're not just believing in some you know symbolism uh, from the past, mm-hmm. we actually believe in a flesh and blood man in Jesus Christ, who came and gave his life for us. And totally. he did that physically and bodily. And there was a huge following that came as a result of that. And that following was looked at as a cult, it was seen as form. So in the Roman Empire, for example, which it was birthed in, we have tons of pagan cults, there's lots and lots of worship going on of all kinds of gods. So it was not really it wasn't controversial for Christians to worship yet another God. It's just like, oh, here's another one. No big deal. <laughs> the, the controversy was, of course, we're not worshiping any of your gods. These are all false gods. And Yahweh, this God of the, of the Jewish people, uh, he is the one that's the true God above all. So we're worshiping him with everything we are. And even death can't separate us from him. And so that's a crazy claim, first off, especially yeah. in our culture and so they were it's a little under, bit
0: it's a little bit more of a bigger deal than uh electric guitars on the platform you know, it it's, certainly it's, is.
4: Or, or drums yeah yes. yeah keep, I mean, yeah, keep going <laughs> organs great but
0: yeah totally
4: so especially under Nero uh there was a huge wave of persecution now we always talk about like the persecution of the early church and uh depending on who you read sometimes it wasn't as bad as we think it is sometimes it was worse depending on who you read but What's, what's always consistent in the in the scholarship is that Christians were indeed persecuted and specifically because they refused to bow down to the Roman gods, to the pagan gods. And they said, this is not who we're, who we're worshiping because our worship is only for one God. And so Christians have always believed that Jesus Christ is the only one, yeah. the only one worthy of our worship. That's a huge, huge component here. So right from the beginning, basically there's a wave of persecution and Many Christians hid. So they didn't openly uh, in public worship. Some did. Some lost their lives for it. Many were uh, martyred for it. That's, that's how we know them to this day. But many went underground and they would meet in small groups uh, and, and many, many times alone would worship in their homes. And it looked a lot different, I think, than it does now. Now we have, of course, lights and uh, and sound systems and all kinds of wonderful aids tools, and a li- not- and
0: a, and a live stream. That's a pretty and big t-
4: live <laughs> stream. That's a specifically <laughs> wonderful thing about modern worship. <laughs> but these things are, of course, aids. They help us worship, right? So totally, totally. Well, we what we can learn. We learn that when we go back to the historic faith and we go back to the the heart of what we believe and who we believe in a historical person, we are not afraid to worship, uh, and we also are. We have the choice, I think, to worship publicly and to worship alone. Now, I think there's an important distinction here. Worshiping alone is not hiding. It's not uh, cowardly. It's none of those things. There's lots of examples. For example, uh, David comes to mind where he's worshiping like in caves. The guy, he's being hunted by Saul, who is the king, and uh, he hates David. And there's a whole story there. It's fantastic. And he really wants David to be killed. And so he's hunting his life and David all the while is writing Psalms that are lament Psalms. So God, why is this happening to me? Yet I trust you. Like, why is, why are these horrible things happening? This is all an act of worship. He's crying out to God and saying, come and redeem me and save me because you're the redeemer, because you're worthy of worship, because you're the only one that my praise is for my every breath in my lungs is for you. And so this is kind of the model we get our modern worship from is this literally undying devotion that is so yeah. extreme and so absolute. And he's doing this in a cave all alone. Then when he becomes king, they do it as an entire nation, right? As Israel. And he does it in his throne room. He does it everywhere. So we have examples just from David's life, who is a man after God's own heart, the word says, of very uh, intentional, intimate, uh, private worship between just a person and the Lord. And then we also have communal Congregational, like public worship, that is just so powerful. Both yeah. of those things are biblical. Both of those things are godly. Both of those things are Jesus honoring. So that's, I mean, there's two sort of examples there. We have Rome and we have David. Yeah,
0: yeah, and 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 like it makes me think of. So I was telling you a little earlier the story of the woman at the well. There's this moment yeah. where Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman. So they're so culturally different. We kind of we just talked about it in our young life download, but essentially they have a, there's a difference of opinion of where worship should be happening between these two cultures. And yet Jesus kind of clarifies, it's not as much about uh, position as it is posture. You know what I mean? Like that our lives are, we worship in spirit and in truth, and there's gonna come a time, and he says the time is actually right now, that where is not as relevant as how, and the posture and the choice that we make. And I think we're, I think one of the challenges is it's uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I think there's not to speak down, but like it, it is uncomfortable. Like I've had moments, even when this all first started, you're like, uh, I'm gonna muster up the courage to sing along, me and my wife and my dog, sure. and, and engage. <laughs> Just because it's foreign, right? And it's it's brand new to us, right? Like it's it's brand new to you and I, and it's not it's not natural. Does it feel natural? It doesn't mean that it's wrong or secondary. And I think that is sometimes the challenge is it's different. It's not bad. It's different. It's not worse. And so what can we kind of take from those, uh, maybe how the church has done it in the past when it's more of this uh, on your own worship or maybe with your family worship. What are some things that we can take and bring to our current circumstance to maybe make this feel or help us to identify a little better that
4: although we might be worshiping alone, we don't worship alone, if that makes sense. Amen. Well, I think there's a lot there. Number one, the woman at the well, this is an amazing story, because just as you said, Scott, uh, both both the Jewish people uh, and the Samaritans, which were kind of like they took only uh, the Torah, only the first section of the Old Testament, the Tanakh, uh, and they only uh, looked at those books as authoritative. And there it said Mount Gerizim. So they sort of interpreted it that way. So Jews and Samaritans had this big kind of clash based on that and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And Jesus comes and says, it, it is in me, actually. The father desires worshipers uh, who are worshiping in spirit and in truth. And they do that through me. It's, it's not based on location. Like you said, it's based on actually a person. It's based off of your spirit uh, and linking ourselves with the Holy spirit and worshiping the King of Kings, right? Which is the father. So uh, location is an interesting topic. This is like a huge can of worms. So Number one, Jerusalem is incredibly important. It's the holy city of God. It is Zion. It is like where the world is going to be reconciled to God. It is like a whole, it's a a whole thing. So location is incredibly important. Uh, Number two, location is not important. So... (laughs)
0: Look, like, this is one of those theology moments where it's like you have the degree, but you have more
4: questions than answers. Is that what this is going on? I think there's a bit of that going on here. What is Jesus saying? He's saying you don't need to physically be in Jerusalem or on Mount Gerizim to worship God. You need to be in spirit and in truth. You need to be aligned yeah. with the spirit of God, what he's totally. saying, and in truth, what God says. Where does truth come from? It comes from God. So when God says, I want you to worship me with all of your heart, and your mind and your strength, right? We know this. Yeah. Um, then we do that from anywhere. You can do that at any time, anywhere. And there's just such beauty in that because God has opened the door for where and how we can worship. The object has always been him. It's never been, you don't worship Jerusalem. You don't worship yeah. the altar. You worship God as a uh, as the object of your worship. And these things are kind of a, um, a way to that. It's a medium. And now the medium is Jesus? We worship Jesus as a worship of the Father and the Holy Spirit, the Triune God, which is a unique Christian claim. And I think there's such beauty to that that God has opened the door for all of us to worship. And so, how can we access that? We can pray. We can log. We can log on on Sundays. Um, we can, you know, connect with the worshiping body who is all around the world. Like there's people worshiping on Sundays and every day, but Sundays especially all throughout the entire world. Christianity has blown up since this, you know, uh, Jewish carpenter came and changed the entire world forever. It's
0: doing real good. Real good. It's It's doing great. It's
4: it's really taken off. There's something special there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think, yeah, the discussion is really, there's a big discussion to be had there in terms of Jerusalem, like the Holy city and Zion and um, the place where God As well, like in his temple, for example, there's two temples, of course, Um, and the temple was God's resting place. And then, of course, in the New Testament, we get this amazing language of we are now the temples of the Holy Spirit. So before you had the Holy of Holies, you have only one priest that could go in there um, and they would even sometimes die. There's a possibility that they would die and and, like get pulled out of there because uh, God's presence is so intense. Like there's it's it's a very intense thing yeah and and
0: most yeah. believers and people listening probably have not been to Jerusalem, and yet their worship's still valid and so Absolutely. like i i i I get it the parallel of like yes, it's important, but it's not an inhibitor and yeah. you know it's interesting we see throughout church history uh the pendulum swing uh between uh styles really what I'm getting at is like you're saying you're not worshiping the altar, you know there have been moments right. in church history where y- you're very much sacrament and um what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, ritual heavy. Sure, sure, You know, like, and it, it's, it's the purpose is were to direct us. Really, like, to boil it down, it was to kind of give direction to our worship. And, you know, I think the pendulum in our day and age has maybe gone to the, not irreverent, but uh, free-flowing. Let's put it that. It's not that we're irreverent inre- of what God does and who He is, uh, but the way we worship is very free-flowing. You know, we, we try not to make a big deal over little tiny nitpicky things, and we try to just bring people to the point of engaging in an intimacy with Jesus. Yeah. I think the challenge can be is that left to our own devices, it can feel like we're directionless unless we have that body to do it together. You know, I think that's a part of it that is maybe some of the experience people are having and why we rightfully so long to be together. Uh, But there might be, at least in my own life, a decision to uh, kind of push through that, Uncomfortableness to go. No, I I need to maybe chart my own direction instead of being led always. You know, and and you and I get the privilege of leading people in worship. I love it. It's amazing. But ultimately, every believer should have the ability and the capacity to lead themselves in worship. Right? Like it's it's a very natural part of what we do. That my worship would be. Yeah, I could direct my own worship to God. You know, songs help channel. Sure. They maybe help put to words how I feel and how I want to express myself. Uh, But there have been moments in my life I've had to turn that
4: off and direct my own worship. Yeah, I think that's a great point. If I could just hop on that. Scott uh, McKnight wrote this awesome book called uh, Open to the Spirit. And he basically talks about this. He says, I like to think about it as the Spirit leading us in worship. So we don't lead ourselves. We're we're open to the Spirit and the Spirit leads us uh, in worshiping God. And I think that's that's what's been a tricky thing for us, because we've had we've had leaders that have the spirit because we're Christians, right? We have Jesus. Totally. Um, We have these people guiding us in uh, in the work of the spirit and worshiping God. And then when sometimes that's taken away, especially in like a bodily form, like we're not actually in the same room, um, then we don't really know what to do. And I think that's partly on us as uh, worship leaders, because we can. Maybe do more, I think, to engage uh, people watching on the other side of the screen and say, like, hey, if you want to try this thing, try this thing. Instead of just, you know, merely singing the worship songs, we'll work on that. But I think it's important <laughs> its important to, to remember that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. And yeah. the Holy Spirit actually dwells in us. It's the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us into the worship of our Almighty Father. And that is, again, such a privilege that we have. And that is, that is not dependent on location whatsoever. It is way different, let's say, when we're in person because we can join with other believers now in in person and hear their voices and see their expressions and, yes, hear what they're saying about God declaring his praise. And we will get back there again. And I think sometimes we have to think about this as a temporary setback. This is not, you know, if you think of like modern China, for example, like atheist states, um, this is not the same thing. We're not in North Korea. And sometimes we like to talk about, uh, this idea of, you know, like hardcore persecution. Um, and that's a bit of a can of worms. But the idea is like, we are free to worship. Scott can broadcast Maple View's worship any time of day or night for the rest of his life, presumably. And without ever having to be Amen. Like, Name it and claim it, brother. <laughs> Amen. But I mean, we've been free to do that. No matter what happens with COVID, nobody's going to say, or the government has not said, and I don't anticipate them saying, you cannot now do Christian worship. And I think that's a really key point is that we are not necessarily being singled out as Christians, especially in worship. Uh, And that's sometimes where the discussion goes. And I think we need to be careful to recognize that we can still preach the gospel every single minute of every day. We have a huge privilege in doing that. We can do that on Canadian airwaves and American airwaves and everywhere uh, that allows it. There's countries that close that kind of communication. So we have such a privilege to do that. And we're allowed to worship. And this is a temporary thing. I want to reiterate that. Uh, and we will be back together in person. And when we get there, ideally, the spirit has been speaking to us as individuals, leading us in worship. And when we come together, man, the worship is going to be even more powerful because we're not relying on uh, that certain leadership that we've been relying on so long. We have to actually forge our own relationship with God in such a deep way where right? God speaks to us and leads us.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I think you're on to a good point that you, we we're designed for this, you know, like we totally we're designed are. to worship God and and I think I can I can become reliant and have been reliant in seasons of my life on uh, not riding on someone else's relationship, to, that's how I have put it in the past, like uh, by the nature of other people's engagement in their worship, I am drawn into worship. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I yeah. think there's a growing as the body. I think that's good. I'm not sure. saying that's bad. But I think we're, this has been a test testing season for people in terms mm-hmm. of, ah, now that I don't have that... Ha- how can I continue to engage? Uh, how can I continue to worship, push through the awkwardness of standing in my living room? And yeah, I think it's actually a refining and, and a growth period for a lot of people. I think it's a good thing. It's a challenging thing, but it's a good thing. And to your point about the persecuted church, like, I think if I walk away with anything, it will be a deep sense of empathy
4: mm-hmm. and
0: understanding. Yes. You know what I mean? Like we, we, this will not be forever for us, and, and I'm thankful for that. But there are people that at the moment, most of their life has been something a lot harder than this, a lot harder than what oh, yeah. we're experiencing right now. Oh, yeah. And I think there's a lot of growing pains for our circumstance, but to give perspective to the global church. And I loved your idea of and, and your, your comments about as we worship, the, the world worships.
4: Yeah, totally. And,
0: and the body of Christ, not just in North America, but the body of Christ around the world is nice. worshiping and that will never be silenced. That's right. You no, know, that will yeah. never be sidelined or or pushed to the side um, that his he commands our worship and we will not cease in giving worship. And I love that perspective to kind of go, you know what, okay, this is a little more practically, like Scott, you're sitting at home on a Sunday morning, the live stream's off, you're watching yourself sing a song, and yet be reminded <laughs> You know, that as we sing, it might be different songs, the worship is the same, Mm -hmm. and that you might be alone in your house, but you're joining with the body of believers globally in our worship. And I think that is a good perspective and a good reminder of, I can do this. I can push myself. I want to engage, even though it's different, even though it's new, even though it's not the same. And, you know, one thing that Pastor Jay has been encouraging us to do as staff is to really uh, pay attention to Sabbath moments. It's like, mm. it's, like it's, it's challenging at the moment to maybe get away for a whole day or a week or to really focus and spending time with Jesus, but to make sure that we're carving out Sabbath moments in our day, that every day at some point we're going, I'm going to spend time with God. And I think this is a good practice to maybe help groove. Yes. Just it, even the Sunday experience of worship, that's a Sabbath moment. Put it in your mindset. That's a Sabbath moment. It's a, it's an individual and yet a global Sabbath moment. We're going to worship yeah. him. And I think that maybe every day, that's my challenge to you and and to everybody watching, um, not just you, Josh, but as, as the challenge Makes has sense. been given to us to have Sabbath moments, that we would groove carving out time privately, um, but also worshipfully yeah. to kind of help make that a more comfortable reality in our lives. And, yes. you know, Lout take different forms. I think one of the things that can be inhibiting to us is feeling like our w- relationship with Jesus has to fit certain molds. Uh, I think it's a personal relationship. As long as we're spending time with him, exalting him, worshiping him, diving into his word, listening to what he says, yeah. the rest is up to you. You know, if, if that's in your car, if that's on a walk, if that's yeah, over Zoom doing this with other people, if that's worshiping through a live stream, if that's you clinking down on the piano yourself at home maybe that's you know maybe that's it though like if that's going to be the thing that helps you engage i know for in my life it was actually playing worship that actually helped break through some things in my life that yeah. helped me to understand the connection and so maybe that's where people are at uh, do you have any advice you, people are at home you know uh aiden talked last week a comment you had made that this feels like a forced sabbath a forced rest Sure. So how can we capitalize yeah. that? You know, like voluntary, yeah, not yeah, involuntary. Not just to like physically rest or rest our mind, but uh, to really lean in spiritually, especially in the area of worship. What are some things that we can do uh, during this time that we do have to maybe propel us forward when this is all over? Yeah, I
4: think that's a great perspective. We live in a time where we have more available at our fingertips. Uh, than any other generation in terms of, like, worship material. So, like, for example, I do uh, this, this book uh, every day, and it's basically just, it's like liturgy for anybody who wants it, and it's just got psalms, basically, in scripture, and you read it and you go through it. And, uh, like, for example, there's a greeting here. It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to tell of your loving kindness early in the morning and of your faithfulness in the night season. That's randomly chosen. I didn't even have a bookmark there. The point is that <laughs> that's, it's so perfect. The point is that there's all kinds of tools for us. There's uh, websites that have stuff like this. Um, if you want to just open your Bible and go to a book, Psalms is a great place to start. That is the hymn book, basically, of the Christian faith. And that was from the Psalms. And we can go there and we can learn uh, the words of worship. We can learn kind of the, the mode of worship. So, yeah, taking, I mean, very practically, just building a habit. And habits are often best built if they're two minutes or less. A two-minute habit where you do it even once once a week to start, you open your Bible to a psalm. You can start at the beginning, work through, and just prayerfully read it once. That is a great place to start. I think you'll be thinking about it already from there. And you'll see that the psalms are actually where we get a lot of our worship music from. Like If you look especially at hymns, but lots of modern worship, we yeah. as songwriters in the Christian church, go back to the Psalms over and over again.
0: Hey, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, Josh.
4: Exactly. And it covers literally every range of human emotion and experience. <laughs> it is remarkable, the, the things that the psalmists have gone through. And I think it's a great resource for us to dive into as people who don't know what to do if we're not in a big worshiping community in person. We can go and now be in a big worshiping community, not in person, because so many people worship from the Psalms every day. And uh, so building basically what we call a private liturgy uh, or personal liturgy, rather, you, yeah, begin to take this involuntary Sabbath where we have a bit more time on our hands, maybe. And you just open your heart to God. It's this openness uh, to the spirit. this open to the spirit idea again. And you say, Lord, open my heart to your word. What do you want to speak to me here? And importantly, I trust you. I praise you. And I love you no matter what happens. Uh, And just guide my day, guide my words, my actions, my heart and i want to live for you today you could do that every single day but maybe start with one day for two minutes
0: yeah that's a good that's a great practical tool you know this is similar to what you're talking it's essentially what you're talking about like one thing that really helped my prayer life was guided prayers oh, like yeah, totally. you know guided prayers made a big difference for me uh, and still do that i can listen to them in the car and engage with it mm-hmm. uh, and essentially you know if you're feeling like if you're feeling like your discipleship in your faith life is a little directionless add some structure it doesn't have to be yeah. forever, but put some put some guardrails around it that kind of help focus you because if you're anything like myself, just a little bit of that can really help channel and you'll be amazed what you're capable of when you just give yourself a little bit of guidelines and that's a really good practical guideline to give ourselves uh, and to begin to engage with. Well, you know, Josh, thanks so much for joining us. You are always a pleasure to have, we're definitely going to have you back because it's just fun talking oh, with Josh Wonderful. and uh, you're always very knowledgeable and you do your research, you're just amazing. So we're thankful that you're here. And you know, if, if you need help tonight, if you're listening and you're like, I want to try this, you can reach out to myself or Josh. Josh 100%. is over there when I'm recording. He might be down, I don't know where he's going to be. You're right uh, there. So, you yeah. can, yeah, but it doesn't matter. Uh, you can reach out to Josh or myself through the church and we'd like to help you establish some of these structures. You know, if, it's, it's, if there's one thing I love about Josh, it's he has time, patience, and energy for everyone. He, he just loves people. He loves that journey of helping people come my to... Wife, my wife disagrees, but that's very kind, Scott. D- d- yeah, well, I'm not commenting about her, but everybody else that I get to see, <laughs> you know, the, the process of helping you come to understand your faith in a greater way, Josh's life lightens up when that happens. And so that's true. Uh, it would be a privilege and honor if we could help you do that. Other than that, uh, you can catch us on Sunday mornings worshiping along with you. But Josh, is so good to have you. Thanks for joining us. And we'll definitely have you back. For everybody else, back to the cast. Well, mad props to Josh for joining us. And it's always great to sit down with you and chat. Two things he wanted to add, really simple steps. And he mentioned them after recording, but I think they're worth mentioning. Find a great playlist. We're talking about those Sabbath moments and making sure that our lives are postured in worship. If there's a playlist that works best for you, Ben and Elliot mentioned at the top of the show. Hey, go find something that helps you begin to engage even in an environment that's not familiar to uh, maybe worshiping in the way that we're used to. Second thing he had, uh, if you have a hard time connecting through the screen, change your physical posture. Maybe it means standing up, raise your hands, all the things that we would do in a corporate setting, try them out at home as awkward as they might feel at first. Uh, I think it's worth it to make sure that we're postured for worship. So make sure you check those out, try them out again. Huge. Thanks to Josh and Josh. I'm sorry. I cut you off. But before we go tonight, our question of the week is what is the greatest worship song? The absolute hand raiser that we want to know that it's your go-to for your Holy ghost. Hoedown this week's question of the week. What's the best worship song of all time Cass, Why don't you answer? What is your What's the all time favorite worship song? Go
2: your favorite
3: favorite or the best of all time That's i got two of those i got two of those
2: okay elliot go i think for me it's uh i don't know if you guys know the song not for a moment by uh meredith andrews that's my all time one of my favorite worship songs of all time the hand raiser is (sighs) is like uh the one i most recently listened to was uh run to the father Mm, yeah that one i know Shout out to Cody
0: Carnes. He's a movement out of from Steven Parsons. Shout out to Cody. (laughs) Those are my two. Those are my two. All right, Jordan, what about you?
3: Oh, pass for a second. I got a thing. (laughs) Okay, Ben.
1: Just slept it off on me. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, I'm a big him guy. So I would do like great is thy faithfulness. That's, that's
0: that. Band. That is a good one. That was our wedding. It sounds weird, but that was my wedding song. That's a good one. So that one might be my favorite. I think I'm with you on that, as that one would be my favorite. But the hand raiser of all hand raisers has got to be the stand. Like that has absolutely <laughs> has to be like the every generation doesn't matter young or old. It's like so uh Everybody just everybody stands up with their. It's the hand raiser. All hand raisers. It's the ultimate closer. It's got to be the ultimate worship song unless Jordan, you got something better.
3: I can't remember the name <laughs> of the song, what which the is lyrics? so funny. It's, um, I don't even remember because right now I have not Finger. for a moment stuck in my head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. She's thinking of How He so, Loves and her favorite lyric is this. So actually How He
3: Loves her. is up there for me. It is up there. And it is sloppy wet. But it's definitely up there for me. Um, but no, the song that I'm thinking of is from Elevation, but I just can't just Chris Brown wrote it. Like not like Chris Brown, Rihanna, but which, like the other Chris one? Brown. Oh, the, the other one. one. Oh, gotcha,
0: gotcha. The more I South can't Carolina remember the name,
3: so clearly it's not that it's, good of a it's song. It's that
0: good. It's just that good. <laughs> yeah, I, well, we want to know your all-time favorite. Let's maybe do your favorite worship song and then what you think is the all-time worship song it may like you might have a favorite right now but what is like the stand to you whatever Ooh. it might be and if it's a hymn, that's totally fine to you we want to hear from you in our instagram poll happening every single week we'll make sure we post it and give you lots of time to respond the other thing i to mention as we go tonight Uh, The Young Life Small Group is happening Sunday nights at 7.30. It's your chance to kind of get face-to-face or Zoom-to-Zoom with people and kind of chat in a format where there's a little bit more of you talking and a lot less of us talking. And it's actually hosted by our very own Ben Walker, who is with us this evening. Ben, why don't you tell tell everybody why they should come? What are we talking about the first week? Actually, this is the second week. week. This is the second week because the first night would have been last night. But that's fine. You can still jump in right they can jump in anytime
1: yeah you can right? jump in anytime i mean last night was amazing it was like a hundred people that showed up <laughs> yeah. everybody was like talking and open with each other elliot saying like i'm your man by wham in its entirety What <laughs> the? Uh, now i'm not coming it, it was an absolute hoot and you should be there <laughs>
0: Stephen Frederick was there. It was, it was popping. He saw our zoom code online. He was there and we want you to be there so you can join us. Of course you can jump in. If you missed the amazing premiere last night, like it just, <laughs> it's almost unbelievable. Uh, you can still join us next week, seven thirty on Sunday nights. You can go to the young life.online and find the zoom code and you can join us there. Well, that's it for us tonight. And we hope that you join us at the Young Life Small Group. This isn't my second take and an ending. It's totally fine. We (laughs) want to know uh, your all-time favorite worship song and the greatest worship song of all time. But other than that, we'll see you next Monday night, seven o'clock here at the Young Life Podcast. We'll catch you later.